The following is an unedited full-length recording of the November 28, 2017 Board of Selectmen meeting. Video of Board of Selectmen meetings air on the Government Channel in Foxborough and are also available on the Foxborough Cable Access website at fcatv.org. Meeting coverage is made available through the efforts of Foxborough Cable Access on behalf of the Foxborough Board of Selectmen. This meeting runs just over one hour and 31 minutes. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the November 28th, 2017 Selectman's Meeting. Uh, 6.30, we're going to go into executive session to discuss strategy with respect to litigation and that the chair declare that an open meeting may have a detrimental effect on the litigation position of the body and to reconvene an open session. So we're going to do that, and then we'll come out of executive session and I'll go through the uh, agenda items at that time. Can I have a motion? Move to uh, go into executive session. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Ginny? Yes. 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 David, yes. Uh -huh. Too bad. Um, seven, we'll take the 705. Senator Paul Feeney. Welcome. No. Good evening, Mr. Chairman. Thank you so much. And through you to the members of the board, your town manager, and I am uh, thrilled to be here in your new town hall, a new meeting room, Andy Gallo meeting room. I, uh, I would have killed for a room like this when I was on this board, <laughs> um, but I know it was a lot of hard work by so many people, and, and I saw many of them when I came in tonight. It really is a testament to just, you know, persistence and, and how many people got involved in this and really saw this through, uh, to fruition, and of course to the to people in Foxborough who have uh, supported this, and, and you know, this is a building we can all be proud of. So I'm thrilled to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I was in town hall last week speaking with the town manager, and, and I said, you know, I'd love to come by the board and just to say hello, kind of reintroduce myself and, uh, and let you guys know how to reach me, how to reach my staff. So my, my staff came down uh, tonight as well. And I really just wanted to kind of open the lines of communication, uh, let you know, just take a couple minutes, kind of what I've been doing in the few weeks that uh, I've been up at the state house since I got sworn in, uh, and then to, to open it up and, and see if there's anything that we should be doing uh, in the future. So. Uh, I know I got big shoes to fill. Senator Jim Timothy served this district very well over the years. The 13 years that he served, uh, to me at least, were a kind of a graduate level education in how to serve the, the uh, nine communities of this district. Um, Senator Timothy has done a great job. I hope to continue his legacy uh, in, in, in you know, really getting involved in, in a lot of local issues, especially here in Foxborough. Um, I did want to take a couple of minutes to introduce my staff that's with me, uh, Drew Phelan is our district director uh, from Foxborough. Many of you know Drew. She'll be handling kind of constituent casework uh, and dealing with the, the nine communities uh, and all the local issues. Tino Capobianco is our communications director and my scheduler. He's the point person on my personal schedule, and he'll be working to kind of push out communications and, and social media and advisories and press releases. Uh, Mike Gallant is our chief of staff. Mike starts with us uh, on December 11th. He'll oversee the office, and he'll be kind of your point of contact for the town manager and for the board uh, and for anything going on in the communities. He'll be the, the person you reach out to 24-7. Uh, if you can't get me, you can get Mike. Um, if you can't get me on the phone, you can go to 182 North Street and knock on my door. Um, <laughs> um, so, and you can reach us at the State House too, and this is more for the people at home as well, for our, at our office at 617-722-1222. 722-1222. Same number that Senator Timothy had, so... Uh, people that called in should know that. My email goes right to my phone, uh, paul.feeney at masenate.gov. So those are the, the ways you can reach us. We are uh, starting office hours. 
Um, my goal was to do all nine communities in the Bristol and Norfolk District before the middle of December uh, to get out and kind of start building relationships and make sure that people know where to find us. We're here in Foxborough, uh, right here in Town Hall this Friday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. So if there's any anybody that needs to come by for any issues at all, they can certainly come by and, and see uh, me, a member of my staff. Um, and, and that's really a great opportunity for people to come in and weigh, on, weigh in on legislation that may be pending, uh, tell us their opinions on certain things going on uh, with state government, or to ask for help. I know sometimes, you know, and um, so like when Capola knows this morning, a lot of people just reach out that they need help kind of navigating their way through the bureaucracy that is state government. So we'll be here to do that. We'll advertise that on, on my Facebook page uh, and in the newspaper as well. Uh, in addition to that, I'll be at the Senior Center for a discussion on December 11th, Monday, December 11th at 9 a.m. I know your town manager is, uh, uh, frequents that and has discussions with people um, at that building, and we want to make sure that we're available as well to do that. So um, December 11th at 9 a.m., we'll be happy to be there. Um, some I got sworn in November 1st, and it was kind of drinking from a fire hose for a few days. <laughs> we were dealing with the uh, health care cost containment bill, which is a pretty sweeping uh, piece of legislation. It was a big omnibus bill that, that had a lot of pieces to it. Um, those are literally my first two and three days. We're taking votes on that. We heard a lot from people uh, in the community. Um, but I just want to make sure that, you know, as these issues come up, we hear from, from you folks. Uh, I believe I heard from the town manager and, and, uh, and Randy and, and Deputy Chief Kelleher on a, uh, a piece that would have affected ambulance receipts in Foxborough uh, throughout the Commonwealth, but Foxborough would have been hit hard on that. Uh, and we were able to take that right into the Senate caucus and get it out of the bill so that we didn't have those issues. So, And again, something that you know me stepping into that role wouldn't have known unless we heard from the community. So uh, that's, that's how it works best for us. Um, we talked a little bit. I sat down with Representative Barros the other day. It is, Rep Barros is just a great ally for this community and for us. He's really getting us up to speed on a lot of the issues here in Foxborough, Mansfield, Norton, and his district. Um, you know, nobody knows the local issues better than Rep Barros. So we had a good meeting with him and his staffer um, to talk about some of the issues that are coming up. We talked a little bit about 140, which I know is going to be a hot button issue with the SERPED uh, study. Um, we're involved in that. Uh, Drew from my staff went to the meeting in Mansfield. She'll be at the meeting here in Foxborough. So we're going to stay up on that. But please reach out if, if there's anything that comes up that you need uh, you need our attention on. Um, so with, with Jay's help, we'll be kind of taking a deep dive into a lot of those issues. I was speaking with Randy before we sat down about some of the economic development issues up on Route 1. Uh, and we definitely want to partner. I'm, I'm planning on being a hands-on senator to make sure that we're seeing everything that we uh, need to realize up on Route 1 and that economic growth that belongs up there. So uh, we want to be a partner in that, but please reach out on anything that comes up. Um, there's a mandated reporter, Bill. I think, Jim, that you were working on the uh, uh, House 76 that, that Representative Barros filed. That's getting a hearing on December 5th. Um, so I'll make sure that Linda Walsh reached out to me on that, so we'll make sure that we're down there to testify uh, on that bill and on other related bills. Um, so that's what we got coming up and for an update. Uh, I know you got a lot on the agenda tonight. I did want to bring by a uh, uh, resolution from the State Senate. We brought this by last week. Uh, figure you could probably put it up on the wall somewhere. It's like, I know you're starting to put up the Hopefully. pictures and everything. They, if you want to trade, my state house office has literally nothing on the wall. So if you have any, <laughs> any Foxborough artwork, we'd love to have it. Um, but I did want to bring this by, Mr. Chairman. Uh, official recognition from the state senate. We've laid this on the record of the state senate. Um, 
you know, we think it's, it's important to congratulate not only you and the work that the leaders have done, but the community uh, itself. This is a building we can all be proud of. So I'll just take a quick read through from the state Senate official citation. Be it known that the Massachusetts Senate hereby extends its congratulations to the town of Foxborough in recognition of the official opening of the newly constructed town hall. And be it further known that the Massachusetts Senate extends its best wishes for continued success, that this citation be duly signed by the President of the Senate and tested to in a copy thereof, transmitted by the Clerk of the Senate, signed by Stanley C. Rosenberg, the Senate President, attested to the, uh, by the Clerk of the Senate, William F. Welch, and offered by Yost Relief State Senator Paul Feeney. So congratulations on the great building, and please, uh, if I leave you with anything, it's just reach out 24-7. You know how to get a hold of me. I get it mentor of mine uh, down in Norton who for years said, Paul, it's not always about your ability and your inability, it's about your availability and your accessibility. So you all know that, uh, being the body closest to the people and folks that give up their time. Um, so anything that I can do to make that easier, anything I can do to help the people of Foxborough, please reach out. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Senator. All right. If I just uh, add a couple things, uh, first of all, I just want to say congratulations and welcome. Uh, we, we've, uh, everything you just said is absolutely true. We've already, we've already seen him. He was out at our, at our, our ribbon cutting ceremony, our, our light switch flickering yesterday at, yeah. the, at the new solar farm. So thank you for being there and joining us on that. Um, we've, uh, we, we do really enjoy having the, de the uh, delegation we can work with, and, and, uh, and everything I, I've heard about you is, is, is true. So. Um, just to let you know that, that once a month I meet with, with Representative Barrows in my office the first Tuesday of every month. Uh, you're welcome to join us at that meeting, uh, the first thing in the morning at 8.30. Um, and uh, before you can get head into Boston, um, if, that can, if that can happen, it would be great to have both of you there at the same time so we can bounce off issues that we're, that we're hearing uh, and just to get some response and, and, and keep you informed of what's going on locally as well. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Like I said, Jay, you know, you just really worked out to get us up to speed on, on some of those local issues. We'd love to come by and, and sit down with you. And, um, yeah, again, anything that comes up, you know, we'll be here in a moment's notice. Thank you, Senator. Appreciate right. it. Just, just one quick add. Um, I didn't recognize her coming in, but nice choice on your aid, uh, Drew Phelan. Yes, absolutely. I think, I think the last time I saw her, she was volunteering at Founders Day weekend for uh, the fishing derby for the rec department. Sure. So I heard you went to college and did phenomenal. So Fox was very proud of, of, of your accomplishments. So well, well said, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, Jim. And, and, and on another note, that means you're getting old. I, I feel like I'm getting old. I, I, I did a double take when I walked in. <laughs> what does the years go? Yeah. Paul, on behalf of the board, we wish you good luck. Thank you. Um, it's good to have an, another partner up at the State House that we can rely on. So, best of luck. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank Thanks, you. Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you. Okay. Um, Doc, can we open a public hearing, MPS, LLC, MIAA Super Bowls? Yeah, let me uh, open it up. The 
The Board of Selectmen, acting as the local licensing authority pursuant to Mass General Law, Chapter 140, Section 181, and Section 183A, Chapter 136, Section 4, Code of the Town of Foxborough, Chapter 229, and also Stadium Rules and Regulations, will conduct a public hearing on Tuesday, November 28, 2017, beginning at 7.15 p.m. in the Foxborough Town Hall, 40 South Street, to review the application submitted by NPS. LLC for the 2017 MIAA High School Super Bowls. This event is proposed for Gillette Stadium. Application for this event is on file at the Office of Selectmen. All interested parties are welcome to attend. Would you like to come up? Phil Butterfolka representing Gillette Stadium. George Bell, Stadium Advisory Committee. So this is the 11th year that we would host the uh, the MIA championships should it be uh, approved tonight. Uh, we ha actually had a breakfast this morning for all 16 teams uh, at the stadium. So the, the coaches, the captains, the athletic directors, the cheerleading squads, the band members, uh, the band uh, liaisons and all were all there for really an operational administrative uh, discussion. Uh, as you know, we're proposing that we host the two games on Friday night and six games on Saturday. Uh, historically, we've had six games on Saturday. We've never had the Friday night games, but we've never really had an opportunity to host all of the MIA championships. So this would be all eight of the MIA championships statewide would be coming here to Foxborough. And so we're very excited about that opportunity. I know the, the, the kids uh, were really excited today to be uh, at the stadium, and, and I know for the cheerleaders, the band members and the football players uh, it is a thrill to play in the home of the Super Bowl champions so uh, we are we're very excited about it uh, the the games on Friday would be at 5 and 7 30 uh, the games on Saturday would start at 9 o'clock uh, with the last game scheduled for 8 o'clock. Uh, we would open the gates on uh, the gates on Friday at uh, 4 o'clock, so an hour prior to uh, game time. The ticket office on Friday would open at 9 in the morning because it's a normal work day for us, so that would, it would be open all day. Um, and the, game, the second game should end around 9.30 on Friday night. There's no tailgating permitted, so after the second game on Friday, really the fans will they'll be cheering their team or they'll be consoling their team but they won't be in the, the parking lot very long unless they're going up to Patriot Place uh, to enjoy some food uh, after the game. On Saturday, uh, the, the parking lots officially open at 8 a.m. The gates open at 8 a.m. as well. Ticket office at 8 a.m. First kick is at 9 a.m. Uh, ticket prices for both uh, days, whether you come Friday or Saturday, are $17 for adults and uh, $14 for children and senior citizens. Uh, children five years and, and younger are free and, and no charge. Uh, there, there is no re-entry uh, to the stadium, so if you leave, uh, you need to purchase another ticket. But if you come for the first game, uh, either day, you can stay as long as you want. So if you come for the first game on Saturday and you're really a football diehard, you certainly can stay as long as you want. Um, and the weather's supposed to be nice this year, so we're not worried about snow. We're not worried about rain and, and the cold weathers we've had in the past. So I, I think we'll have a very good uh, weekend from that perspective. Uh, and 
the games are televised. The games will be Craft uh, uh, Sports Productions will televise uh, the, the games on Saturday. Uh, they'll be on NBC Boston uh, Sports, and, they'll, and one of the games will be on NECN uh, because there's a conflict with a Celtics game, uh, the 130 game. Um, and then other than that, um, uh, really, the MIA operates the game. We, we certainly support them. Uh, the crafts are providing the stadiums, uh, you know, rent-free and, and all. And uh, so we're, we're certainly there to su support the, the uh, MIA, their liaisons and all. Uh, they do bring a number of chaperones and people to monitor the students that are there to support their, their teams in the stands. Uh, but we will have our full complement of, of security and, and our operational staff there to, to support the event as well. Good. Yeah, uh, from a attendance standpoint, I think yep. you were saying probably uh, 3,000 a game. You anticipate 18. Yeah, we should on Saturday we'll have a flow of about 18,000 total. So it's, uh, uh, last year we had a, a few more. The year before we had a few less. So around right about 18,000. So uh, the first game of the day is usually the smaller, you know, 2,000 or so. But then the, the fourth game we might have 4,000. So but an average of about 3,000 per day, per game. Yep. And only other comment: no alcohol be served. Correct. And. Uh, we met, this, the advisory committee uh, met and got input from the, both the fire and police departments. Uh, stadium's going to have a clear bag policy as they have their, really their uniform security coverage for any event inside the stadium. Correct. Uh, so, um, you know, we felt confident and uh, recommend for your approval. Uh, Phil, is you just opening one side of the lower bowl, or is the whole, whole lower bowl open? No, nope, we'll open the east side only. Uh, no clubs. Uh, we'll have uh, like two suites, two, th two or three suites open, depending on uh, yeah, the, the the parents or the alums of, of uh, uh, certain players and certain teams. Uh, but it is a east side only. Yep. Okay. Any questions from the board? So this is the first year all of the, the games have been played in? It is. It is the first year. Okay. Yep. Must have made those other two leagues uh, happy. They were ecstatic. That's good. It's a great opportunity for them and, and, and for us to, to celebrate football as a, as a, whole, as a whole state. Yep. That's good. So you said this is the 11th year? It is. The 11th straight year? Mm -hmm. Now, is this a year-to-year -year contract? Or you have to, I know you work hard to get it and coordinate everything, but is this guaranteed for the next year, or do you have to request it and they have to review it and approve it? We've been operating on a year-to-year -year recently um, for the first six years I think it was or seven years we had a multi, multiple year contract um, right. and it's just been more year to year not that we've had any issues uh, we just haven't had a multi-year agreement okay thank you sure any other questions Venus is a public hearing anybody from the audience have any questions or comments seeing none I have a motion to close the public hearing uh, move to close public hearing second Motion made, second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Motion to approve. Move to approve. Second. Motion made, second. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you. Thanks, George. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, George. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, Good luck. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay. Quarter eight. Um, 
725 of the SEMREC, uh, discussed vote in a municipal agreement between the town and SEMREC. Good evening. My name's uh, Rob Verdor. I'm the uh, new executive director for the Southeast Massachusetts 911 district. Um, like to offer a partnership or ask for partnership with the district to act as a fiduciary for our recent award of just over $1.5 million from the state 911 department, as outlined in the intergovernmental agreement that you should have a copy of. And, uh, so this is a follow-up to the meeting that we had a couple weeks ago, and uh, Rob. So you just you just threw them to the walls, right? I basically you just did. I said was, you I was do actually, it. I was actually <laughs> going to introduce him. But that's okay. He's like, he's, you can see he's he's not he's not shy, which is, which is the thing I like about him. So um, the Rob is a, uh, is a is a highly qualified guy. He's 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 came to us by way of uh, as deputy director of the Chelsea nine one one system. Um, he's been in the business for a while, and uh, this is. Uh, obviously a big task for him because he's trying actually creating a whole new program, a uh, new regional program of, uh, that includes four towns. Um, he wasn't able to be at our last meeting um, because of other conflicts, but um, and, and since that time, as I indicated to you, one of the documents that was missing was the, was the uh, Schedule A uh, that was uh, that he has since produced. Uh, he's, he's given you as a, as a draft document. Even the CEMREC board has not adopted that formally yet. So we are, we're scheduled to meet next week to, to actually take action on that. But the um, but the other documents that we produced that were asked for uh, by I think Jim and asked for a couple of additional documents, we gave you we actually uh, gave you a copy of the award letter for the for the grant, as well as the uh, the supporting documentation that we presented at the four town meeting to uh, put something in place that uh, that sort of defined what the cost of the program would be um, over over uh, setting it up and setting it up initially and, and what it would cost going forward. So we have those as benchmarks, um, purely as, strictly as benchmarks, but sort of an indicator as where we are cost-wise. We're not close to those costs yet because uh, the only employee that we have really for the program is, is Robin and actually a part-time treasurer uh, that, that the board has, has hired since, uh, since his beginning. We, took the, we received the grant um, just a few months ago. Um, we, were, uh, we were supposed to receive the grant in July, uh, but it was delayed through a process that, that the state 911 took because they had many people applying for the money for, for this particular grant program. Um, we went, once, once we were awarded the, awarded the grant, we'd actually started the, the, the recruitment process before the grant was awarded. Uh, Rob was able to hit the ground pretty much running when he, when he, joined, when he joined us in, um, just a couple weeks ago. Um, and so he's been really fast at work trying to pull this, pull out the pieces of this together. So he's here tonight to answer any questions you may have. That he's he's even more knowledgeable about this issue than, than I am, and I serve as the chairman of this committee. And uh, but I'm certainly here to help help him along in, in answering those questions that you that you may have as well. So that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Open up questions from the board. Are we still working off? the agreement that we got on November 14th or is there a new No it's, it's the same it's the same agreement uh, Chris so that was the, uh, the agreement that you had we the only thing that was missing was a couple of the detachments and we've since provided you that with those details okay um, two questions first one the, the second paragraph where it mm -hmm. says whereas the town has received a grant award from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for the support and development of a regional emergency communication center mm -hmm which is predicated on being a reimbursable grant whereby funds must be 
must first be expended before they are reimbursed by the Commonwealth. Right. So does that mean the town of Foxborough is spending the money and then we get reimbursed. reimbursed. We'll get reimbursed. And, and the reason that was so is because some, one of the towns had to be, in order to get the grant initially, had to be the lead agency. And so we were the lead agency in this particular grant. And, um, and you might recall that the last time we had this joint arrangement was, it's actually with the same towns, I think shy of, of one other community, um, was, the, uh, was, the, was the regional uh, sewer plant. And one of the, in that particular case, Mansfield was the lead community in that grant program. So, so one of us had to be the, be the lead. Is the town spending one and a half million dollars, and then no. the state will reimburse us? No, we're actually we're, we're actually looking to uh, provide some upfront money, which we'll get paid for, paid back before the end of the fiscal year. So what's going to happen is that um, we we think that the cost will be somewhere around a hundred thousand dollars, maybe less than that, much, maybe, much, less. much less than that. So because we'll actually get reimbursed right along. The process of reimbursement takes only a few weeks to get the money back to us. So it's just a matter of it's basically seed money that we'll get back. Uh, so we're not gonna, it's going to cost us anything. It's just we're just basically front front loading some money to make it, make it, make the process work. Can you can you uh, apply for reimbursement as you spend it, or you have to correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as as we encumber and spend the money, once we have uh, paid that, it's eligible for reimbursement. Okay. So. Shouldn't something like that, the reimbursement, be part of this agreement that we're supposed to sign? Well, that, that's the, the agreement. The the, uh, the 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 additional intermunicipal agreement is what that what's that agreement is for? So to allow us the ability to do that. So the intermunicipal agreement is with between Semrick and the uh, and the town of Foxborough. So that allows you the ability for us to do that. Which is what this agreement is. Yes, that's right. But it doesn't state in this agreement any of the the. How are the towns getting reimbursed? It, I mean, to me, this this agreement doesn't even state the amount of money that the grant is. Which, if it's a legal binding contract, I would think it should say the grant is one point five million dollars. Well, that's that's the that's why we attach the the award, grant award. No, I know, I know all the supporting documents. Right. But if you're signing a legal contract binding thing, it should have the stipulations in the actual agreement. Well, well ultimately, Chris, the, 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 the amount was, is actually going to be significantly higher than that. Where the grant that we think we're, we're trying to achieve was, was well over $5 million. Correct. So we, we think that amount's going to actually, we're going to actually get additional grants over the next few years to, to, to allow us. So the, the authority that we're basically allowing is, is the ability for us to, to continue to work through this. And that, that's just for the startup. That's right. Once once SEMREC is up and running, SEMREC Correct. would be the recipient of the grants going forward. Exactly. In fact, the next grant will actually be through SEMREC. Correct. Next fiscal year, we're, we're going to apply as a, a district. And just to clarify, the contract with the state is actually between the town and the state, not with SEMREC and the state, which right. caused the issue and uh, triggered this IGA to be drafted. Right. <clears throat> so clarify that one more time. The, this agreement is between us and the state, not... Correct. So when the, the grant was applied for, it was applied for as Town of Foxborough, DBA, SEMREC, before the district was actually stood up and we, did, we didn't have a tax ID and uh, everything you need to re- receive a grant. Um, shortly after I was brought on board and we said, hey, how are we going to spend this money? It has to be administered through the town. Uh, we would like to form a, a formal relationship uh, as the town as a fiduciary to say that this money is to be used for the district instead of as, as the town. And that DBA becomes the district um, by way of my payroll. It needs to come through uh, the town versus the Semrex accountant and accounts. 
Um, the checks have to come through the town. It can't be from the district or else they're not reimbursable. Um, so the contract, which I have a copy of, if you don't, um, is between the town and the state. Yeah, I have it up on the screen. <clears throat> That's all I have for now. Okay. Through the chair, just yep. a, a uh, budget question. So thank, thank you for putting the, um, the documents together. So if I'm reading this, if you look at the uh, Foxborough's operating budget for 2017 with the nine employees, salaries and wages, expenses, benefits, uh, evidently there's 911 grants that are coming in. It's $936,000 that Foxborough's paying for this current, For this current fiscal year, which is the, our current operating yep. expense. So then you back out our share of the um, four-town agreement of 544000 That's with the $500,000 grant per year. Yeah, so I think what's maybe confusing here, Jim, is that those numbers say fiscal 17. We're actually we're probably not going to be off, really operational to fiscal 19. 19. Okay. So current numbers of 936 minus the – so subtract what we're anticipating when it's up and running – there's a line item in here, um, so it's 392, but then there's an additional location staff requirement of 300,000. Right. Is that the overtime? No, the, the 300,000 was the, uh, don't forget, we still have to have a person that mans the window here at our police station. Okay. I mean, we talked about having people work, work here at, uh, around the clock so they can answer the window because we still, our dispatch center will basically go dark once, once, and, uh, once the, the new CEMEX operation will be up and running. So what happens is that we will maintain a, a presence in our dispatch center to answer people who walk into the building. Okay, so the five forty-four thousand goes to the regional. Right. The three hundred thousand stays here. That, right. That's coming out. So our savings, anticipated savings, um, is ninety-three thousand per right. year. Right. Plus, then, plus the plus million the dollars. Plus the million dollars for the equipment savings. Right. right. And if that that grant. How, how long is that grant for? It's a one-time thing well, we, spread out over the years. Right. So, so we, we applied originally for a $5 million grant. We, we got our first uh, piece of that, which is about $1.5 this year. Uh, we'll get another, we think probably another close to $1.5 next year and maybe another $1.5 or, or more for year, years three. Maybe more next year only because we know that we got a lot uh, associated with construction next year of the, of the new facility. So I think we'll, we'll probably have a little bit more money into that grant next year. If, if, if we get it from, from the state. So if we received a $1.5 million grant, mm -hmm. correct? Right. We're not going to expend $1.5 million in this, this current fiscal year. It depends. It, it depends. Uh, maybe I'll Rob speak to that at that point. Sure. Uh, so the, the performance period of the grant ends uh, June 1. Uh, I'm sorry, July 1. So we really have that window to spend that $1.5, identify and spend that $1.5 million in this year possibility of a 90-day extension. So there is a strong possibility, and uh, I anticipate spending that $1.5 million from that grant this year, or else uh, it could disappear. So, so you have to spend the... Spend it, can, it can carry forward. You know, they do, do allow you to carry it forward. I mean, yeah, they, they, what they're looking for is a commitment that will that we'll try. They don't want it to hang around, right. so they want us to try and spend it. Correct. So when do, when do you have to apply for the next round of grants? Uh, we think by, is it March or May of next year? March it will open, uh, should close in May. Award um, yep. should be July, probably more August, September. Yep. So it's, is it feasible that you'll be unfunded 
for a period of time. Hopefully, the interim between uh, FY18 and FY19, we could extend the FY18 to, to bridge that gap. But there is a there is a possibility that we could be unfunded. How does that work? Who, who's liable for that? Well, all four towns would be liable to a degree for it, but the only for only the expense that we have at that time at that time, which would be minimal personnel expense. Correct. We're not going to hire the full complement of staff till probably sometime in late 2018. 2018. Correct. And once we are operational with the staff answering 911 calls that uh, that allows us to be eligible for other grants from the state 911 department that the towns are individually receiving now. Mm-hmm. So. so for that unfunded that period of time that there's a possibility that there'll be no funding and the, the second round of funding goes to SEMREC. Will SEMREC reimburse the towns for that that period of unfunded uh, time period? Yes. Yeah, so, so, in other words, if any 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 cost associated with SEMREC uh, that's reimbursable under the grant, anybody would have to qualify that. That the answer would be yes. It would go back to 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 the individual towns. Now, what's what we have? There are some administrative expenses that aren't uh, ex, uh, aren't reimbursable, but we anticipate those to be minimal at this point. We're somewhere in the realm of about five or six thousand dollars per community. Correct. On an annual basis. Okay. Any questions? This draft um, budget that we have, that's how you're proposing to, to spend down that 1.5? Correct. Um, what's the state of the building in Mansfield where this is going to be? Is it ready to start doing work? or? So we're actually looking at. Uh, comp- the, the Mansfield is still occupied, and the uh, the $1.5 million award versus the $5.5 million award um, kind of made us take a second look at the way we're actually going to deploy that money. Um, the original goal was to, to have that one uh, the $5.5 million award for FY18. Uh, we got $1.5 instead. Um, so Mansfield's building is still occupied. Part of that $5.5 was to move the police department out of the building to allow it to be uh, available for construction. Um, the construction that we would be doing, we couldn't afford with $1.5 million, so it kind of protracts that a little bit. We're also looking at another site at, in Foxborough, the High Rock, uh, former AT&T Long Line site. Uh, part of the $30,000 in, in the proposed budget is to do a, a structural analysis of that building, which we're very hopeful will be positive. Uh, it, it has a strong possibility to be a much more uh, resilient um, and more appropriate spot for a critical uh, piece of infrastructure like a 911 center for four towns. If that is uh, confirmed to be structurally sound and feasible, we would able we would be able to be a lot more aggressive in our construction because there's no one occupying that facility. Um, so we don't even know if this facility is going in Mansfield yet. I thought we decided. It well, was. We, there was we started out with the, with the possibility of going to Mansfield because that was the one that was available at the time. But we we then found out that we could actually have the the, the facility in Foxborough was going to be donated to Summerick. For no cost, so um, so when that became that possibility just emerged within the past few months, and actually, if you look at that facility, um, and the state has actually been out here to look at that, they actually think this is a better opportunity for, for us, and it'll be Semex facility, not and it won't belong to any one town. Uh, the, the the facility in Mansfield actually still will still belong to Mansfield, whereas this one actually belongs to Semex. So if this 
change of sites just came up, do you have to go back to the other towns and see if that's okay with them? No, we, well, we've actually conferred with all, all four towns. They're, they're all, all four towns are actually actually are very excited about it because it, it actually creates a lot less challenges in terms of you know moving people out of the building and then mm -hmm. doing the renovations. The building itself is actually a hardened facility, a nuclear-hardened facility that um, is amazing. I mean, it's, it's actually built ideally for this kind of use. It was, it was, a, it was a communication center for AT&T back in the 60s and 70s. And, and it's, it's basically a concrete structure that you couldn't afford to build today. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty, it's, it's extraordinarily safe and ideally located for, the, for that kind of situation. What's, what's particularly interesting about the site is that it has perfect line of sight distance to all four towns that, that it's going to serve and actually even goes beyond that. So it's, it's actually an extraordinary location. We're located on Route 1 um, right next to the, uh, the, state, the state forest there. It's on the top of the hill. And you'll see, if you go by, you'll see a big, big television or a big uh, antenna uh, antenna up there, and that's where it's located right there. So this is this budget for this the building near on Route One, or is this budget for Mansfield? That's to be determined until we we do the study to anal to do the analysis, and then we'll, then we'll decide what, which direction we're going to go. So that's we think we're doing a, doing a thirty thousand dollar analysis just to make sure we, we can go in there first. But that building will belong to us. Semrec. Semrec, right. Meaning Semrec. Oh. One more question on the budget. So if you read through it, the, the savings, aside from the equipment savings, is 93000 But if you're taking the $1.5 spreading over three years, right, so it's 500000 a year that's in this budget, divided by the four towns, if you take that grant away, then it's actually running in a deficit. Am I reading that right? No, no, because no. we'll continue to operate as we normally operate with with the budget that we have in all four towns until summer goes live. All right. So what we what we what we're doing right now is paying for the upfront startup costs okay. of building summer, which will, will which will reduce the cost significantly to all four towns. The, and then there may be some, like I said, some administrative costs to get us to that to get us over that hump, but. Um, we're not the, the the grant that we're looking for will actually pay for the salary of the director, the the dispatches, and um, and actually some IT specialist costs as well that will go into that, including including the uh, including the equipment. So when I'm reading the sheet, this says estimated regional dispatch center budget of five hundred and forty-four thousand. Mm -hmm. That's for the regional. That's for the regional center itself. All we provided you was an estimate of our current operating costs. Okay. And then, and that's the same thing for all four towns. You have all four towns were reflected in that in that proposal. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So once Semrick is up and running, um, and there'll be a person at the Foxborough facility, please. Uh, in our dispatch center, right? Uh, well, what kind of a uh, person is that going to be? A dispatcher? Is it going to be a volunteer? Is it going to be a policeman? A fireman? We created a new job description that takes all the ancillary duties that they're currently doing, except for dispatch. Um, so, you know, might be issuing permits, it's, you know, taking, someone comes in and reports an accident, you know, those kind of things. Um, and so they're called right now communication coordinators. I don't know if that's going to be the title, but that's the job description that the four towns, um, you know, like we, 
we surveyed what the ancillary duties, all four towns are gonna to be handling those ancillary duties differently, but for Foxborough, we decided this communications coordinator position was what we needed because those are the duties that are gonna be left behind. Okay, so is that coordinator gonna be under the police department, Foxborough Police Department? Mm -hmm. Okay. These are Foxborough employees. Can I just go back to the, the two different buildings? Um, is the Mansfield one totally out? No, no. It, it, the, if if the if we comes back after an analysis of the of the proposed Foxborough site, it says that you know you can't you can't go in there for X reasons, um, and we and the board meets and says you know what this isn't going to work or it's going to be too costly to renovate it, um, then we'll go back to the Mansfield site. So we've already done some preliminary estimates and, and we're ready to actually start going to work on on the uh, on the Mansfield site if necessary. So the we have access to the Mansfield site today. We also will have access to the to the to the Foxborough site depending upon whether or not we have uh, So if the Foxborough site falls through there is a place mm -hmm. yes. for this all to go. Right, correct. Either way. So so the Foxborough site is on Route One by the State Forest? It is up and up on sits on top of the hill. Is there a secondary access to that? There's, uh, there's actually two accesses to it, believe it or not. Anywhere besides Route 1? Yeah, there's one. Uh, there's a couple roads that were that I think were abandoned that would have to be, we'd have to do some, some work to them, but they actually could, could provide access to it. So, uh, I mean, the elephant in the room during game day or concert day, when Route 1 is somewhat shut down, if someone needs to get in and out of that E911 area, they'd have well, to go someplace other than Route 1. Well, the, the, the 911 operations center, that, that center will have access 24-7, all right? So ir irrespective of, in, and, we've, and all, all the, the public safety personnel talked about that, mm -hmm. in, the, in the worst case scenario where we had to transport a dispatcher to get up there, we would make access available through public safety. So that's, that's not an issue because we, we contemplated that concern. Well, nothing's um, actually getting physically dispatched out of the air ambulance or no, no, trucks no, and ambulance. No, no, no. Stri strictly, yeah, strictly, yeah, strictly, the dispatchers themselves would be yeah. would be would be doing that. So, so when will you decide which location? Should be coming up. Uh, well, as soon as we get the study back, correct. It should be should be fairly soon. So you're not going to do anything to either location until you've. That's correct. So tonight's the first time. We as a board have heard of this second location. Right? Yeah, we just heard about it a couple weeks ago ourselves, literally. So this is brand new. Was it a couple of weeks? I mean, I thought you just said a couple of months ago. No, the, okay. the, the, I, I actually, the first time I heard about it was about a couple of weeks ago. It was probably about, uh, actually, when Rob first started. Correct. Well, so. my, my feeling is we're, we were about to enter into an agreement two weeks ago, or proposed, and I had all my sights on Mansfield, so... Um, in the future, I think we need to be kept up to speed quicker than, you know, it coming out tonight. Well, well just, just so you know, I mean, we're, we're literally trying to find out if this is going to happen. I couldn't even get the, the – we had to get everybody in the room to make sure that there was going to – that people were in, all supportive of going there, which in and of itself happened uh, about two weeks ago, literally. And then we have to determine – and then Rob, Rob just met with State 9 what last week right. to talk about it cause, to see if they would support going there. So this is brand new, literally brand new. I think the important thing is we need to get this agreement signed so we can get reimbursed. Yeah, no, I'm over. tracking that. But um, my, the question on the Mansfield building, I mean, he mentioned part of the money is going to be spent to relocate the Mansfield police. So is 
That money is, is uh, that money is not available in this grant. That was no, part it's of not, the not available in this grant. That was part of the. So when are grant. they ready to move out of there? Well, no, not till 2019. Correct. When their new facilities. <clears throat> so if we go to the Mansfield facility, are we going to be able to spend 1.5 million dollars? Yeah, we'd be limited to external repairs, roof, uh, um, limited uh, reinforcement of the structure, but we'd be, you know, stymied a lot by just the people in it. Versus the the high rock, it, it lends itself to being uh, more desirable because it's empty; it's ready to go. We could, if we need to put a roof on it, there's no concerns of interrupting dispatch operations or normal office hours. Mm-hmm. If we need to pave a road, uh, there's nothing stopping us. That, that as, as far as that goes, it's it's a big concrete box that's ready to be turned into a 911 center. We're just doing our due diligence to make sure that it's structurally sound and there's no uh, hidden gotchas that are going to you know cost a ton of money to mitigate. Um, which also lends itself just to you know it, we're building a, a massive 911 center, <clears throat> combining the uh, putting all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Um, I think it's a good practice to compare two buildings against each other and say, hey, this is the best one. We're, we're sure of it, and uh, we could do this, and it's safe to do. So, We didn't really have an option up until, up until literally a few weeks ago. Is, this, is the, um, the one building the same size or similar in size? To it's, it's larger. It's actually larger, yeah. So we have a room to expand. Or we, we, don't, we won't have any concerns about uh, space confinement. Mm-hmm. Which which gives us options to consider for the future whether we could use that the state not, state might we consider using that as a training center, or we could actually expand it and have uh, additional communities join us, mm-hmm. and create and create a bigger uh, regional center. If um, <clears throat> the Foxborough site works out, could you get in there sooner? Absolutely. So mm-hmm. uh, theoretically, we could start construction tomorrow, uh, mm-hmm. absent of any legal agreements, and you know our. Engineering studies and bid processes and stuff, but we could we could turn the key tomorrow and start working there. Did you say the state owns that property right now? No, it's privately owned uh, by a company um, called American Tower, and uh, American Tower just has no interest in the facility whatsoever, and they and they, were, they they'd be gifting it to to Semrick, and they uh, they also would provide us space on the tower as well to, to locate our equipment on the tower. They still have an interest in the tower because they use it. They do rent space on the tower as it is. And they need access to maintain the tower. Right. And, and utilities, water, sewer, gas, all the communications. It's you know, scale of one to ten. Is there anything there? It's it's all there. That's part of the study is to verify that's still so usable. Yeah. 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 Okay. And how old is that building? It was built in nineteen the late sixties, and then it was. A, uh, added to in the 70s so it is built to absolutely insane standards it's uh the concrete it's designed to take a nuclear blast within a few miles uh, it was cold war era it was uh, critical infrastructure basically the design of the built the building was designed to uh carry all long distance and telephone um television signal uh across the country uh these these buildings are built across the country um as hardened facilities anticipating being uh, attacked, uh, having a nuclear attack and surviving that. Um, the, the concrete used to pour the building looks like it was poured yesterday. It is uh, 10,000 PSI concrete uh, versus the Tobin Bridge, which is made out of uh, 65 to 7,500 PSI concrete. Um, it cost, we uh, had an estimate, it cost over uh, $200 million to build today. So it is uh, purpose-built for this kind of, this kind of work. So it's probably I had, um, 
you just got to ask. So when you're cutting windows and handicapped accessibility in bathrooms, is it going to cost a hundred times more than it would in a traditional constructed building? Well, there, there are bathrooms in it already, actually. Yeah, the architect. Uh, um, out, we haven't have we haven't got the report back, but the architect was not concerned about that at okay. all. I mean, would it come mm -hmm. under those state those uh, requirements? Handicapped accessibility and all that. I'm sure it's, it's all it's all public level use, for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's one level. It would be easy to accommodate um, those standards. The, the irony is it's a communication center that will have absolutely no self-service inside. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably true. You'll have to step outside the call. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Any other questions? No. Okay. Uh, I have a motion to approve the intermunicipal agreement. It's not a public hearing. It's, it's because the one last time wasn't continued. I just had some. I'll bring it up another way. No, you. Well, you. You can have your say. You Got to come up to the mic, though. Hi, my name is Richard Parker. Um, I live at 79 West Street. I've been a resident for 30 years. I've been before you before. In regards to the um, non-transparency of the regional dispatch, um, and the last meeting you had two weeks ago really bothered me. Um, where you were given a piece of paper that was blank. Um, no one, it appeared no one on the board knew that the town of Foxborough received the grant. Everybody thought that Semerick received the grant. Everything in the paper said that Semerick received the grant, but the town of Foxborough did. So now the town of Foxborough has to pay the money out for all four towns to get the money back. So that, that's the first thing. Um, another concern that I had was I believed... A member of the board asked Mr. Keegan why um, the agenda was amended so late for the SEMREC. Um, and I believe he stated because he was waiting for a vote from the SEMREC board to approve the intermunicipal agreement. Well, that meeting took place in Easton at 1 o'clock on the 13th. That amended agenda was stamped by the town clerk at 11.37 on the 13th, and it was posted on the website at 12.01 on the 13th. The meeting didn't happen until after 1 o'clock. So we're, we're talking about transparency, and I, I just don't understand how we, you, we can sit and listen, and the times don't add up. If it's amended... If it's going to be approved by the SEMREC board at their meeting at 1 o'clock on the 13th, how can you already have the agenda posted on the website at noontime? Mr. Chairman, I'm happy to, I'm happy to answer that. The, 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 the meeting was actually scheduled for, for a Thursday prior to that. That's correct. And, and the meeting had to be postponed because one of the board, one of the committees did not post it properly. Right. So we moved the meeting to that Monday to be, to be acted on. Now, if in fact the board did not act to approve it that afternoon, I would have said you can't act on it because the board didn't approve it. So it was that simple. It, it, and the fact is that it, it, it was entirely uh, you know, clear as to how the process was, and I explained that to the board at the last meeting, Richard. So why wouldn't you wait until 2 o'clock to post it on the town website after the meeting? Because I was actually in Easton at that time. 
So I was on my way back from Easton after that. Okay, meeting. three o'clock. Town hall's till four. Town hall's till four o'clock. All this was done before the meeting even took place. It, it, it doesn't matter. Is what I'm, what I'm suggesting to you. It did, because if the board didn't approve it, like all I had to say the, the meeting the board didn't approve it. I would have pulled the I would have pulled the item from the agenda. It's just that the board, the just board didn't know it. that the town of Foxborough got the grant. The reaction from the board at the at the last meeting threw me for a loop, but. You know, I had, like I told you before, I had one of the selectmen tell me it was the first he heard about regional dispatch in an yes. email. <laughs> all, four me- all five members were at the meeting that when that was going to prove. But that's absolutely not not that one. This was a while ago. All right. Um, so I just, it just bothers me that, as, as far as I'm concerned, it hasn't been a transparent process. I've been in town for 30 years, and this has been the most non-transparent issue that I have seen in my 30 years in town. Well, you're also a dispatcher, correct? Yes, I am, and, and I've been we, a dispatcher. And we know, and we know why you're, you're, you're I've saying I've been a that. dispatcher for 20 years. I've been a resident for over 30 years. Right. So I've been a resident a lot longer. Know your motivations here, Richard. Richard, we even no. impact yeah. bargain this with the union that right. you belong to. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I am not here as a town employee. I am here as a resident. I've been a resident for 30 years. Why you always have to bring in my employment? I'm here as a resident, a concern as a resident. Uh, those are my. That's what I just want to understand. I don't understand how you can say that you're waiting for the Semrec board to vote on it and then have it posted before it even happens. I explained that. I, I understand that, but that's all I'm saying is I, I just don't understand. And there's been many other instances like this that have happened. The whole process, it went on for three years. There was a Foxborough Selectman's meeting with the other towns in Mansfield. And then there was a meeting in Foxborough that lasted an hour and a half, done, voted on. I'm still waiting for my copy of the feasibility study that I asked for a year and a half. I asked three times for it. Chief Sellen sat in the chair next to me at that meeting and said, I will get you a copy of that feasibility study. I still don't have it. Would, would, would you kind of question the transparency if that happened to you? Has anybody seen the feasibility study? Anybody on the board? No one ever answers me, so I, I would assume that you haven't seen one. Mr. Feldman, uh, Mr. Elfman, have you seen one? I'm not looking for it. Mr. Mitchell? Um, I've seen so many different things, I couldn't tell you right okay. now if a I've seen it. feasibility study for the regional dispatch center. I, like I said, I've seen so many different documents Mr. on Feldman? that. Mr. Feldman? Don't recall seeing one. <laughs> Mr. Develos. We, we can play the quiz game. Let me well, state this. I, 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 how I, do I, I get went, a copy excuse me, excuse me. I went to the uh, meeting in Mansfield. Mm-hmm. I went to this meeting. I've had numerous emails. I've reached out to the town manager. Every question that I have had asked, I've had answered up until the last meeting where I was, wanted some more budget, and they gave us lots of budget information, and I'm, I'm satisfied. I've spoken to a lot of people in the police and the fire and the residents, and there are mixed reactions. But I've got to say the process, and, and let me step back a little bit. It's not uncommon to put something on the agenda in anticipation of a vote. We do it all the time because we, we only meet every two weeks. So if we miss uh, a, a posting of something, we've got to wait two weeks. Okay. I, can, I can name dozens of times that we put stuff on the agenda and the anticipated action hasn't happened and we've had to pull it. So the difference between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock may be semantics. It may not be. I don't know. Um, I, I can, I, I've looked at the PowerPoints. I've looked at every document they've come. I'm satisfied. Okay. So. Okay. 
I think, just, I think this entire board is satisfied, and we all voted to support it right. along with the other communities. I think so, this, this item here is to make sure that the town of Foxborough gets reimbursed for all right. the money. So expended. we put the money out, and then we get paid back. That's right. So my, my only question right now is how do I get a copy of the feasibility study for the SEMREC? You can you request it for me, or you can, or you can get it from. I, get it from I already got to submit a uh, freedom of information. Okay, well, Chief Sullen sat in the chair next to me and said he'd get it for me. I wasn't present when you said you, that. So, do you, do you, sure do you, you have the study? I I can get it for him. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, we we can go through the freedom okay. of information. So, so, but if he's asking for it, just get him the study. Yeah, and that's fine. Someone can get that for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. A motion to approve. <laughs> a move to approve the uh, intermunicipal agreement between the town and Semrec. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Good, Good luck. Thank you. This isn't normally the first meeting how we handle these things within the So, all right. Thanks, Rob. Okay. Um, just a selectman's update. I've been out of town all weekend. I hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. Um, I know there were some events over the weekend. Um, I know turkeys were delivered on, on Saturday, and um, the rec department had the annual tree lighting. Anybody there? You nailed it. <laughs> Those two things happened. <laughs> But I wasn't physically yeah. there. So. Uh, tree lighting was nice, and then everyone uh, was invited back for a free movie at, at the Orphan. So nice. it was like 350 or so people went there. And nice. I tell you, it was nice to see people walking, crossing streets, you know, interacting, and it was it was a nice weekend. Good, good job, Jim, to everybody on your team on the the turkeys and Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I was actually traveling that Saturday. So uh, Linda Walsh, Rachel Calabrese, a bunch of people, JCs, yeah. delivered them and. A lot of families did it, so it was, um, you know, it was good. And it was a good showing at the um, at the football game. A lot of the veterans came. I had a little nice. kid come to my house for my son Patrick, and he's like, "Oh, you were on the list." Yeah. yeah. He goes, "You Patrick Mitchell?" I said, "No, he's smarter than I am." <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was good. The, the cards are nice, and the whole gesture is, is a good gesture. Good group. Yeah, I know Parker delivered a bunch of turkeys. He got permission from the army to wear his uh, his ACU, so. Nice. He was uh, he was all excited about giving something back, so it was good. It was good. Anything else? No. Bill, just a, a couple things. We have a town meeting on coming up on Monday night at the high school, um, beginning at seven thirty p.m. and um, and it's not a very controversial warrant, so we do we do want people to, to know about it and make sure we really would like people to come um, because. Um, we, we, the, the business of the town needs to get done and and, and, and finish. So, uh, the town meeting is the legislative body, you know, legislative um, arm of the community. So we need to have uh, participation at that meeting. Um, if uh, all goes well, it shouldn't be a long meeting, but we hopefully we'll get everything done um, in a timely uh, and orderly way. There were a couple. Um, I can I can tell you that the debate process with the with the adcom was was actually very healthy and it was good. It was and fully vetted. Um, in some ways, um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I thought that the discussion was you know, uh, afforded us the opportunity to really look at some things differently and, and actually pull a couple things back uh, for further consideration at the annual instead of the, the special. 
So um, I thought it was a very good process in that regard. Um, hope everybody had a great holiday. Um, it, was, it was a nice few days to take off and relax and spend it with the family, and, was, and that's exactly what we hope we all did. So that's all I have. Thank you. Mary Beth? Yep. Um, just wanted to say that uh, today we did get the final motions all approved by town council for town meeting. We'll be sending those out to you. Um, the, um, today was an exciting day. We kicked off our customer service program for town um, employees. We expect to roll it out over the next couple of months. Um, we will be doing surveys at every department, little cards asking how is your service, and it's going to be in all, not just town hall, all town departments. And um, we felt that if we're going to be surveying the public in, say, January, we wanted to at least afford the employees a training to uh, help shine their skills a little. So we had two sessions today. We had 37 people attend. Um, it was great. It was about customer service excellence and the reviews. People really enjoyed it. Um, we are running two more sessions in January. The speaker isn't, wasn't available in December. But we'll also videotape those for employees who work shift work and can't um, get to the training. Um, we uh, personnel board, I just met with them at 5.30 tonight. Uh, we met to discuss the um, training of town employees for child sexual abuse and a policy to support that as well. Um, they want to support the Warren article that was approved at last year's town meeting. They're interested to hear how the legislation pans out. And um, we're looking for sample policy language. Unfortunately, our attorney was unable to attend tonight's meeting. He had a back injury. So um, we proceeded with what we could do and um, made plans for looking at a policy that supports um, training of employees um, for the child sexual mm -hmm. abuse issue. Um, we also ha are now at the finalist stage for our executive assistant position. Um, we interviewed, we had uh, 200 applicants. We phone interviewed and brought in six people. We phone interviewed about 12, brought in six people. I think we're down to a finalist. And um, same thing with building commissioner. We are, we just interviewed uh, three finalists for that position. So we're getting close to some of these key positions. Um, and last week we made offers to five firefighter paramedics um, and we're working through reserve police officers right now. I think uh, there's about 13 that um, just had interviews. So it's been a busy time on the training and hiring front uh, as well as town meeting and uh, collective bargaining. A lot of back and forth on the steelworker contract. The union did ratify it. You folks approved it, ADCOM approved it, so that will be on town meeting um, floor, and we hope that all the steel workers that are in the contract will come out and support that. Yeah. Just go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, the switch. I'm sorry? Oh, the switch. Oh, the switch. <laughs> Thank you. How could I forget? Thank you. So um, yesterday we, we cut the ribbon on the new, um, on the new solar fields uh, project, which has been in, in uh, has been discussed and has been, been in and works for the past um, since 2013, from what from what I recall, uh, there were different iterations of it. Um, in the, in the sense that the first iteration was actually um, bid so that Sun Edison it was was the high was a low bidder on that process, and they were actually under con uh, getting ready to uh, start the construction phase when they went actually actually went bankrupt. 
Um, they then um, the company then uh, the assets of of the of the company with, with the assets of the project then went to um, the power um, power uh, what was the power resources I believe it was power options power options company which then re, uh, rebid the rebid the project to a number of different entities and NRG was the successful bidder in that project they took over in 2016 and then put the, put together all the the pieces of that project and we were, we were actually um, under construction in uh, April of 2017 earlier this year project was com- essentially completed about two months ago about two weeks ago uh, and fully uh, on both sides it was one project was actually done sooner uh, was done actually by the end of September this one and the other one was done uh, closer to the un- end of uh, end of October so we've had uh, so we're up and running right now and the energy came out and did a formal uh, ribbon cutting which in their in their in their way in shape or form is a, is a flick of a switch a very large switch as a matter of fact um, I know that uh, Selectman Develis and Selectman Coppola were, were there in attendance at that, at that uh, event yesterday afternoon, which I appreciate. Senator, um, the new, our new senator uh, was, it was in attendance as well. And so it was a, it was a great, uh, it was a great opportunity for us to share, which is going to be a great asset for the community over, over the next 20 years. That project alone will, will generate about 4.2 megawatts of power. Uh, over over uh, as it has that level of capacity, which will reduce our dependency on fossil fuel and use of energy for electricity and payment of electricity by one third for the, for all the town's facilities. Um, it'll it'll be it'll generate about seven point two million dollars in in uh, value to the community over the next twenty years. So we're very excited about that option. I, I want to th- about the ability to, to to actually get that project underway. Um, I want to thank Bob Cutler and and and. Um, Roger Hill, who were the the two primary architects behind that project um, and getting it started, um, obviously um, we had uh, we had a number of special advisors, including Randy Scollins, and as well as uh, special counsel Steve Medos, uh, Medos rather from uh, who worked with us on putting the documents together for this this project. It was uh, a long time coming, but uh, I think well worth the wait. And um, again, reducing our fossil fuel over, over the next. 20 years at minimum is a, is a big plus for all of us, as well as the fact that it, it, it provides a significant uh, financial resource to the community. So thank you for reminding me to, to bring that forward, but it was, uh, it was a good day for Foxborough. Thank you. Just, just one more. Um, tomorrow night, it's an important meeting, the um, corridor study that's been going on. Yes, thank so it's going to be at Boyden Library at 7? Thursday. Thursday. Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. I'm sorry. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah, tonight's Tuesday, so um, uh, Thursday night. Yeah, and, and I mean the corridor study. Most people think of is that area, the old Bradleys, the right. Charter School, the Walnut Street. Um, they presented in front of Mansfield, so I'm, I'm curious to see what they've come up with. And, um, and that that corridor study actually extends from the from the common all the way down into into Mansfield. Oh, because all so the way to the goes common. On the common, yeah. Okay, so uh, that's the, they're actually able to extend that project all the way through there. So um, obviously the the, the the key areas of concern are Walnut Street, uh, central the Central Street intersection. Uh, those really hit the high points in terms of the public comment that we saw on this project throughout the the, uh, the presentations. Fish, Fisher Street as well. And Fisher Street as well. That's right. So those are the key points of concern that, that everybody wants to take a look at and see what's going to be recommended for those those particular locations. Um, so it's it's a long long process, a long but a, but a very necessary study because it extends all the way into Norton. 
and um, it's probably one of the longest uh, studies of its in, in terms of length of study as, as that I've seen in, in quite some time. Actually, spanned two separate planning uh, planning regional planning authorities, um, uh, being MAPC for Foxborough and, and Serpent, who actually took the lead in the project uh, for conducting the analysis. So, um, looking forward to those results. Do you have an update on the uh, roundabout? The roundabout um, is we. We've been informed that um, the, we're waiting for the bid results for the project, um, so so we can. There was still some last-minute changes that the state district has, has been performing on the plans themselves. We're trying to get the project out to bid. We've been trying to get that out for quite some time. Uh, once it gets bid, um, we're informed that the, that both the two state agencies will help fund, close the gap in terms of the funding. The funding difference. Um, in this case, was that the, that the district office, district higher offices, has required that there be full depth reconstruction around the project, which was not something that was anticipated from the beginning of the project. Was something that was sort of included later on in the, in the analysis and the, the design. So uh, that was a bit of a surprise to everyone. So that that being the case, uh, we raised that concern with the with the state, and the state has indicated they will they will help support closing that gap. Hoping that the project will be under construction by the spring. Okay. Since we have you here, another question? I'm here. <laughs> uh, the gravity sewer line along Centennial Market up to the fire station. Yeah. Anticipated. We're, we're hoping that'll be that'll be live um, um, before um, probably the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's in pretty good shape. They're moving around a lot. They want to get it. They want to get it buttoned up before before the snow flies. Obviously, but they. Uh, it, it was pretty messy out there with, the, with all the construction going on, but they, they're, they're moving right along. They ran into a little bit of rock, uh, which delayed them a little bit, but they, they've gotten through that already, mm-hmm. and now they're, they're moving right through it. So, and that was part of the budget, so it's not, it didn't blow the budget. So that was, that was a good sign. I'm going to get an update on that tomorrow morning, though, so that was on, tied on my list of considerations. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, action items? <coughs> yep. Uh, move to approve a uh, move to approve seven one day wine and malt beverage license applications for the Orth- Orpheum Theater <clears throat> for twelve one seventeen Rocky Horror Picture Show one p.m. to one a.m. twelve two seventeen Remax Customer Service Appreciation uh, one hundred and one Dalmatians nine thirty to twelve. 12-22-17, Michael Pettit, Tis the Season Comedy Night, 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. 12-23-17, Perry Family Reunion. It's a private event from 3 p.m. to 12 a.m. 12-29-17, Maureen Hancock, Postcards from Heaven, uh, 5 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. On 12-30-17, Dave Tesler's All-Star Band of Stars, 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. and uh, 12:31:17. J.J. Jones New Year's Eve comedy special, 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. Second with a lot of questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, motion Thank made. Second. As you say, for the record, I, if there's going to be discussion, I'll leave because I'm uh, um, well, on to, the board of directors. I need. Yeah, I mean, so, you don't have to leave. Usually I do. <laughs> if there's discussion, whatever you're you just going to recuse yourself. I definitely have some discussion. 
Um, so if you want to stay, I'm fine. Uh, nothing major, but yeah. Um, I mean, if if it's okay with the board, I for yeah. full disclosure, I'm a president of the board of directors. Absolutely no financial interest in this whatsoever. So um, if you want to, that's okay with you guys. Yeah, you yeah, I'm totally fine. Fine. <laughs> so discussion. You don't also have to leave the table. <laughs> yeah, right. A couple of things. I thought the last time Bob was here, he said he'd never be in front of us again for one-day licenses. Yeah, I I bumped into him uh, a few weeks ago. He said the, the application is very long and tedious, and timing-wise, he asked if it was, well, what was his best course, and I said, get him in. Just get him in. So, we'll so Bob, it. if you're watching, you broke your promise. <laughs> um, I did tell him that. <laughs> uh, there's another important point to that, though, I, is that he's probably better off to do that until the end of the year anyways. Yeah. Exactly. Because, and because I, if, you, I if you apply that. for a license now, you're going to pay for the whole year. Yeah. So he's probably better off to wait till the, till the apply after January 1st. A couple of questions on the individual aspects of these events. Why does somebody need a liquor license to watch 101 Dalmatians at 930 in the morning? That's a good question. The other one, I mean, a private family reunion from three in the afternoon till midnight. I mean, well, you you couldn't you couldn't grant a a, a liquor license between nine thirty and no. uh, and yeah. eleven anyways. No, so that one okay. is, and I don't even know why you would request one anyways. Mm. Um, Mimosas and uh, Bloody Marys. After, 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 11, <laughs> after 11. Just throwing out there. But. Um, so with the going to the family reunion one, what is the requirement for an, a venue like that where you're serving alcohol? Do they need a police detail if it's over a certain amount of people? Or only, at, only a certain amount of people. Mm -hmm. Is it worth calling Bob down here to discuss this? He's just down the street. Well, the... the uh, I don't know what the board wants to do, but those two, like, totally jumped out at me. You know, 9.30 in the morning for 101 Dalmatians for an alcohol license seems absurd to me. Maybe there's a reason. I don't know. We can't, we can't, we can't, can't grant, grant it, it anyways. for 9.30 yeah. anyway. Yeah, so that one's out. Yeah. The other one is just my, my concern of having a private... Event and I'm not trying to dictate what any business can or can't do, but I want to know the what are the requirements for police detail if you're have a family reunion for nine hours and you're serving alcohol. It would depend on, on the size of the crowd, obviously. It's 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 beer and wine only, so there's no hot alcohol. Those are only Mike. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see any difference between a customer service appreciation and a family reunion. I mean, well, the customer appreciation one, that's the 101 Dalmatians. I'm just going to sit in the audience. Are <laughs> 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 they recused or not? <laughs> Well, that's the 931. That's a move. Well, yeah, and I mean, if, if somebody's going to be requesting this many one days, with the the different strange hour requirements, um, 
I wish Bob had come, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't have any problems with them other than the the nine thirty one. Legally, you're not allowed to right. allow alcohol until eleven. Right, anyway. and even though we grant the license, he's still he's still beholden to the to the regulations. And there's been no indication that he's violated any of that. So no, and I'm, I'm not no. questioning that at all. Okay, um, fair enough. Well, I, I mean, I'm – no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Um, but I, I, would, I would agree with that. I think the, uh, the 930 to 12 is one that we should just take off the list. I don't think it can, we can do that. So can we remove that one without me reading the whole thing again, or should I read it all you can just, minus you can do it that minus You can amend, amend your motion – um, and take out the the 9:30 to 12 101 Dalmatian. Line. Okay, so uh, I'll amend my motion to take out the 12:217 um, uh, Remax Customer Service Appreciation 101 Dalmatians 9:30 a.m. to 12 p.m. to remove that from my uh, initial uh, approval. Second. Okay. Uh, amended motion has been made. Seconded. Uh, any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? None. Recused? One. Okay. That was quick. Did I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> Something about uh, dogs and <laughs> alcohol. Mimosas uh, with 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> Uh, move to approve the 11-14-17 uh, Board of Selectmen's minutes. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Move to approve the Santa on the Common event on 12-2-17 for the JCs from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Uh, move to approve a one-day auctioneer's license. On twelve two seventeen at the Orpheum Theater for the Norton Embracing Educational Development Inc. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Do they need uh, a Do they need a liquor license? <laughs> uh, this is this is no. a first for me. I I, I didn't know uh, uh, we we gave out auctioneers licenses. Yep. Yeah. All those in favor? Aye. Excuse myself. <laughs> Uh, move to approve the gift donation in the amount of $200 uh, to the Council on Aging for programs and services from Mr. and Mrs. Timothy Hilbert. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Move to approve a gift donation in the amount of $50 uh, to the Council on Aging in memory of Jerry Norwood from Joan Gallivan. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Move to adjourn. Well, before you, before you do that, I know that Rob is here. I just want I just I want to give him a formal opportunity to introduce himself to the board. Oh, uh, not not, no, 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 no. Sorry, Bill. First impressions are everything. I know. <laughs> you, you blew it. You blew it. No. So, Rob, would you mind just, just saying a few words and, and telling people about your tell the board about your, your background. So I apologize for that. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for having me. I'm, I'm truly excited to, to join uh, the four towns as the director of the 9 operation. Uh, this is truly a, uh, to steal the assistant town manager's uh, term, a white paper project. <laughs> yeah. um, I've never seen such cooperation between four towns and eight chiefs uh, ever. 
Um, and I think the state recognizes that as well. As well. Uh, I come from the city of Chelsea as the deputy director of emergency management, which in- incorporated uh, 911 operations. We were combined center, one of the busiest in the state, uh, 16th busiest out of almost 300 PSAPs and the first by uh, per population. Uh, before that, I worked for the Department of Defense, and prior to that, I was active duty with the United States Coast Guard. Um, prior to that, I was a uh, paramedic and firefighter. Um, so uh, this is really in my blood. Um, come with a, a technical background that um, I think will be useful in, in uh, getting this project off the ground. It is a truly uh, complicated project that's going to it's going to take a lot of teamwork between the towns, not just from what's been done, but in the future. And uh, I look forward to, to working with you, the other boards of selectmen, and the uh, police and fire chiefs. So thanks for having me again. Good luck. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so Rob has already obviously gotten his feet wet. You know, he's, he's, he's taken up some office space in here temporarily with us. Um, he's, he's a great guy to have around. He's really knowledgeable in so many different areas so that, um, you know, we, we, we involve him in a lot of different discussions. But, but the thing is that, um, you know, all of us are feeling our way around as board members, too, because the, the four town managers sort of look at each other like, like deer in headlights sometimes when we deal with some of the issues that come up. And um, Rob is actually pretty knowledgeable in these things, so he's, he's able to really guide us through that, that process. So we're really, really grateful for, for him to uh, look, who should, look, at, look what the wind just blew in. <laughs> hope the so, locks uh, on these doors work. <laughs> So, um, so we're really grateful to have him. I'm really pleased he's joined us, and uh, happy to happy to have him, have him around. Thank Rob, you. Did, did you say you came you, your last job, uh, Chelsea? Chelsea, Chelsea, and that's the the busiest center uh, per popular uh, per per person. Oh, correct, sixteenth really? uh, in the state. Sixteenth in the state. Okay, and it's just one town. It's not a regional. It's just one, one town. Regional. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Thank city. you. Hmm? City. City. Yeah. City. Correct. Can I just ask a procedural question? Sure. All right. So. We have Semerek is on Route 1, mm-hmm. and we have someone who runs into the uh, Foxborough Police Department mm-hmm. and says, oh, my God, something's happening down the street. So who dispatches the police officer at that point? So in a situation like that, it would be similar to any other situation where somebody runs to the town hall expecting help or a hospital. Um, the, the person, and, and from... What I gather, uh, Foxborough Police is anticipating and um, staffing the desk 24-7 after SEMREC is established. What would happen is that they would essentially call 911 or call a business line at the SEMREC dispatch center, and they would in turn dispatch an officer. Unless there's an officer in the in the facility and it was strictly a police matter, um, it, w- it would just be like um, a pass-through, really. It's 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 practical practicality comes into play obviously yeah. but but it, but generally speaking they like the calls to go through the center because then it, then it, it tracks every single call that goes right, down. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, uh, I'm assuming the person at the desk is going to have radio contact with Semrec, mm-hmm. and that, that would certainly hasten the process. Yeah. Okay. But thank you. I was just no, it's, a, it's a good question because actually we asked it ourselves. I mean, how would this yeah. work? And that's pretty much the answer. While we have you here, another question? Sure. If you don't mind? So the anomaly of the stadium and, um, I want to say Tweeter, but it's not. Uh, the Comcast, the Xfinity Center? Not even Comcast. Xfinity Center. Such huge events um, under one umbrella, mm-hmm. uh, either simultaneously or separately. Are you pre- how do you prepare for something like that? 
So uh, staffing and right. So we we're building the center, um, the staff model with those calls already included, and a lot of those. This is a tremendous surge from both um, venues on the the nine one system. Um, most of them are wireless calls, um, and we're anticipating as Semrec uh, when that stood up to take wireless calls directly versus uh, going to a wireless center, state police or uh, another wireless center state. Um, so during those events, uh, I would certainly anticipate. Um, and this is built into the, the preliminary staffing model to put another person on, on duty to kind of mitigate that surge. Okay. And one last question to, to, to put people's um, minds at ease. Everyone knows where Foxborough's police station is. Mm -hmm. they, they know the numbers by heart, 543. Um, calling a dispatcher from another town or who knows, um, how, how, do you, how do you anticipate that the people are going to be comfortable with that. Is there any PR for that, or is it just you jump in and as far as actually don't know the difference calling uh, for service? Yeah, I think that's the budget and numbers aside, mm -hmm. and then bringing different towns aside. But the person that doesn't have a cell phone that picks up their home phone because mm -hmm. they're elderly and calls the Foxborough Police, how is that service going to be affected, or is it? Or how do you answer that? So. Uh, that, that situation's uh, it's the same answer for today as it is when Semrex established. Uh, we need to have a strong uh, public campaign that 911 is the number to call. Mm -hmm. uh, Seven-digit numbers are not appropriate for emergency services. Um, just like today, if you call uh, Foxborough Firehouse, Foxborough Firehouse is not a PSAP, so it would be the same process where it would have to be transferred or relayed to the PSAP, which is in Foxborough Police today and then dispatch for service. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> when you call 911, there's a, there's a lot of technology you kind of drag with you. Uh, this location data that we pulled, there's a name, it's called Annie Alley, automatic number identification, which is a pretty much an enhanced caller ID, and automatic location data, which is a geotagged um, set of data that comes with your uh, number. If it's a cell phone, you get GPS data, so we can actually see within uh, the new system 90 feet where you, where you are and then requery it. So if you're moving down Route 1, we could actually watch you move down Route 1 as we're on the phone with you. Um, and that data is tremendous in uh, vectoring and response assets to uh, help. Um, so to answer your question, if they call Foxborough Fire today versus when Sunbreaks established, it would be the same process where the, uh, the firefighters know to either take the information and call <coughs> dispatch or just to forward it. Okay. Good. Thank you. Any other questions? Well, Welcome aboard. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. No problem. Thank you. <coughs> hey, Bob. You here for citizens' input? <laughs> <laughs> the birds are tweeting, and they said, I can hear service. How do we handle this? Okay. Very voted we just on. have a question. Yeah. What? Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, I mean, we already gave it to you. Yeah, we already voted on yeah, it. Yeah, very much appreciate that. Yeah, the only question was. Wanna, go ahead. Why do you want a liquor license for 101 Dalmatians at Disney? At 9.30 in the morning. 9.30 to 12. So the Orpheum Theater uh, in Foxborough, we are blessed with a lot of community support, and the bookings have been tremendously heavier than even I had anticipated. You know me, I'm an enthusiastic guy. So um, on the day of Saturday, which is the 2nd, uh, at 10 o'clock in the morning, I have a private uh, party. The theater is being rented out for a private showing of uh, Polar Express by Remax, uh, the Gil Campus uh, Agency, to uh, share with their clients. 
and there is the uh, possibility that we'll be doing mimosas for some of the adults. The 101 Dalmatians is a parent one. I rather doubt that anybody will be purchasing anything, but it's for the entire day because that evening I have the uh, Boston premiere of the Lionsgate 2017 release of Saving Christmas. Uh, and we have two showings of that. The 531 is sold out, and there's an 8 o'clock showing, and that's a major fundraiser for the Norton Education um, for need down Norton, the supply teacher supplies. Um, so that's a very exciting event. So it's for the entire day, three different events. I don't know if the 101 Dalmatians, which is a Taylor PTO uh, production, is going to have a lot of uh, sales. Probably not. But rather than lug it all up and take it off site per license and then bring it back on site, um, I just want to be all encompassing. So we did not approve the 930 to 1201 Dalmatians because you can't serve prior to 11 a.m. You have it listed as Remax 101 Dalmatians. Right, Remax and then Dalmatians. So okay. we approved everything else except that one. Okay. So can we approve it? Huh? I mean, we can approve the... Did we approve just... Did you have just one application for the whole day for three different Right, I listed the different things on there, yeah. But did we have three separate applications or just one? I think it was just one application. It's a, it's a one-day application, so oh, okay. it's for the whole day. Yeah. But, you, but we can't give you the, the liquor license for a 9.30 in the morning, but we can give we're, you right, the we, license. Right, we, we, we took that one off. We gave him everything else. We approved everything else. For that, but he's got no, other but, things but see that, that, that day. Therein lies the problem um, with you not being here, Bob, and, and, and that's the confusion of the board, because now that I'm rereading it as you're explaining it, um, you know, it reads um, 12 to 17, Remax Customer Service Appreciation. Now I see the colon, 101 Dalmatians, comma, and it says from 9.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. So uh, we, we, I guess we see, although it doesn't have, what was the night one you were going to do on 12? Saving, saving Christmas. Christmas. There's two showings of Saving Christmas. So that goes up to midnight. To midnight, yes. Okay. So we didn't. We pulled the whole thing, right? We yes. Yeah. So now we. But well, we you pulled it the nine thirty to twelve, only. Yeah, we only pulled the nine thirty to twelve. Yeah, okay, but we so we approved the rest of the day. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The Marine Hancock postcards from Heaven's approved. Everything else is approved except for the nine thirty to twelve slot. Yeah. You can't serve alcohol until nine thirty a.m. on that day. On Saturday. Yeah. Until twelve o'clock. You could, you could serve from 11 o'clock. You could serve at 11, but you took that down yeah. off. Yeah, we took that one off. Yeah. You could have served at 11 a.m. Okay. No, so no, no the other thing, too, is Saturday, if, if it's free, if he's not charging for it, then there's no issue anyways. Mm -hmm. Well, no, I charge for the alcohol. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a fundraiser, and by ABC, I can't give that away. Yeah. Okay. I do try. So, so I'm sorry, What on December 2nd, what am I able to do with that? No, this was December 17th, wasn't it? No. No, December, December 2nd. 2nd. Okay. Yeah. So you're okay from 12 on? 12 p.m. until 12 a.m. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. That's fine. Yep. Yep. Okay. Actually, concealably till 1 o'clock. I don't think you applied for 1 o'clock, though, right? No, I think I'll be done by then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a great, uh, the movie premiere is very cool. We're going to roll out the red carpet. Literally, I have a red carpet. Um, 
we're gonna have the big spotlight out there and it's gonna be uh, quite the event we're looking forward to it. it's a fundraiser um, but it's Lionsgate release and the star Jack Bernolt is Norton so well, cool. four other of the uh, child actors are coming in and uh, they're all gonna be signing autographs and it's gonna oh, wow. be That's quite excellent. the event yeah we're very excited about it that's great good Thanks. Good luck. Thank you very much. Okay. And uh, I know the last time I was here, I said I was going to try to avoid doing the one days. That's an awful, it's gotten a lot bigger since the last time I remembered that. I think you promised process. us, Bob. <laughs> I promised I would try. <laughs> you were, he, Chris I'll reminded back, you, by the way. I'll you weren't here. Get the, you uh, the tape. <laughs> I've already looked at the tape. I, <laughs> thank you very much. All right, Bob. Good. Have a good one. Hey, Jim. How are you? Now you can adjourn. Second. Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Good night, everybody.